Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf nun gimel. Today's shir is Ilunishma Ruvain ben Hirsch, Moshe ben Yitzchak, Yachav bas Yisrael, Yochevet Chaya bas Chaim Shmuel, and Bina Bracha bas Moshe Yosef. May the Neshamas have an aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Amen. It's also uh, for a full shleima of Etel bas Tzvia. May she have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, we're going to go from the eighth last line of Nun Beis and Beis 52b. And just before we get into what the Gomorrah's question is going to be, we know that a rover cuff of bones transmits tumors or health. So if anyone, if there's a rover cuff, a certain, it's a measurement, again, of, uh, as we'll see, it's not full bones, because that's a slightly different discussion, or certain bones, but a rover cuff made up, then it transmits tumor through our health. However, if a nozir, we saw in our mission, and this was by novel, even though it transmits tumors or health, a nozir doesn't have to restart his nozirus because of that tumor. A nozir only has to restart his nozirus at a quarter cup. So there has to be a larger amount of bones in the room for him to become tome. The Gomorrah is now going to ask, what about a spine and a skull? We saw in yesterday's shir, in yesterday's daf, that a skull and a spine have the added stringencies. Remember, we saw either if you have rov binion or rov minion, you have a majority of the heart of the skeleton or a majority of the number of bones of the skeleton. That's when a rovar covered this is able to transmit tumors or health. And it seems that's when you would need a chatzikav to make a nozir have to giluach, have to shave. Remember, when we speak about the nozir shaving, that's the generic term for it. He has to purify himself, shave, bring korbanos, and restart, recount his naziris from day one. But the generic term for it is the nozir has to shave. Um, so it would be a chatzik. What about the skull or the spine, which are stricter? Maybe they don't need a full half a cup to make the nozir have to restart. Maybe they're a smaller amount, the quarter cup, and the nozir would still have to restart. Because we see that. So that's what the question is going to be. Um, the Rosh, now I'm not, I'm not when I just explain the Gemara, I'm not going to explain the, the Gemara, but the Rosh, interestingly enough, seems to tie this into the previous sugya of when the Mishnah said, Shidra Virgil Goyles, the spine and the skull, did it mean only together they transmit tumor and make the nozir tome? Or did it mean each individually? How do you understand that? Vov, is it an and or is it an or? Um, the Rosh ties that into the sugya all along the way. I'm going to, I don't, I, it's, it was quite complicated, so I'm going to just try to keep it to the simple explanation. I hope it's, a, I hope it's at least a valid explanation. But let's... Uh, it's at least a simpler reading of the Gemara. So, boy, Rami Bar Chama. Rami Bar Chama asked, If you have a quarter cup of bones from the Gilgoyles, what's the halacha? When the Mishnah taught that a Nazir only has to shave if there's half a cup of bones, that's where it's from other limbs. Maybe the spine and the skull, which are stricter, even if it's just a quarter of a cup of bones, in that room that the nozzle becomes tome from, 
sorry, if it's a quarter of a cup of the skull of the spine, which is stricter, there the nausea would have to shave. Or perhaps, no, it makes no difference. When you have fragments of bones, it has to be a full chatsi cup for the nausea to have to shave. And if it's a quarter cup, he would not have to. Or as we the first suggestion, maybe the skull and the spine are stricter than even a quarter cup. So Omar Rava, Toshma Rava says, I'll bring you a proof. Uh, he's going to base it on the explanation of our mission. He says, Regarding the spine and the skull, our mission taught the spine and the skull. Now, if you, if you would think that even a quarter cuff made up of the spine and the skull, a homer are stricter and therefore the nausea would have to shave, let the Mishnah teach or a quarter cover bones that come from the spine, the chulu, etc. I, the Mishnah is out to teach all the scenarios when if the nausea comes from that sort of mace or that part of the mace, he has to shave. I restart his Nazirus. It should mention a skull and a spine and a quarter cover. Now the fact that it doesn't mention a quarter cut from the skull and the spine must be it's the same as any other bone fragments that are a half cup, a bigger shear to make the nausea restart. So that's Robert's suggestion. Again, it's, in, it's an inference by the fact that it's not in the Mishnah. So Moses says, But wait, Robert couldn't have taught, Robert wouldn't have taught that because Robert says, no, maybe we're teaching the spine and the skull I, to say that they transmit to and make the nausea have to restart where there is not a quarter of the bones. I Generally, generally for pieces for bones to transmit tumor, there has to be a certain amount and a certain size. Either it has to be a majority of the full body, or the majority of the number of bones, or it seems, or a quarter cuff, that I'm not too sure about. The skull and the spine, even if they're less than a quarter cuff, so they're from a small, a small skeleton, maybe they, they, they still transmit tumor that makes the nausea have to reshape. Or regarding, that's what Robert's coming to teach, and therefore... Yeah, if they are whole, the nausea would have to re-shave. But if they fragments, well, we're not discussing that. Maybe a quarter cuff um, will not, will, um, will or will not make a nausea shave. But we're not. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, and if there is a quarter cuff, the nausea will have to shave. Sorry, Shaimbaim Rova. I, this, that the, the novelty, sorry, let me re-say that. The novelty of the skull and the spine in the Mishnah is that even as whole, even if they're less than a quarter cuff, they still make the nausea shave. But if it's a quarter cuff, the nausea will have to shave. So you see, the first rover we brought, at the bottom of the previous Amud, Rav inferred from the Mishnah that if it's just a quarter of a cuff of the skull and the spine, the nausea won't have to shave. But Rav very clearly said that if it's a quarter cuff of the spine or the skull, they will have to shave. 
So the Gemara answers, no, Bosa Desham Amir Rabbi Akiva. It's after he heard about it from Rabbi Akiva. I rather retracted. They are both rather, but in his younger years he learned one way, and then he developed in learning, and he came across this opinion, and he made a deduction in the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, and he retracted to say that it can. What's there? It's a bit of a discussion what exactly um, he heard from Rabbi Akiva, but the one explanation that Tosfos bring. Um, they say that um, he heard from Rabbi Akiva two halachas. One is that a rover kav from two mesim, fragments of bone that make up a two kav, even if it's from two separate corpses, transmit tumor, and the spine and the gilgoyles made up from two mesim transmit tumor. And therefore, from that, clearly a shidra and a gilgoyles must be less than rover kav. Otherwise, it's covered by the fact that if you have a rover cove made up from even two mesim and fragments of bones, it would transmit tumor. So when Rabbi Akiva comes along and says, and even if it's the spine and the skull that transmits tumor, must be a transmits tumor at less than a quarter cove. And therefore, um, and now we're back to where we started. Again, our question was, according to the Mishnah, does a quarter cuff of the skull and the spine transmit tumor? We tried to answer that question from Rava, and we said we can't answer the question from Rava because of another deal he made. So Toshma, we try to answer our question again. Shammai Omer, Shammai says, Etzem echod minashidra Even if there's just one, but now this, again, this is regarding transmitting tumor, but we're going to say that, oh, well, if it's stricter by transmitting tumor, then it will also be stricter by making the nozir tome. Um, sorry, making the nozir have to restart. So Shama, Omer Shama says, So even if you have just one bone from the spine or one bone from the skull, it makes the, a person tome, transfers tumor, so hell. So therefore we should say, we see it's stricter, therefore a, ro- a quarter cuff would make a nozir shape. It's stricter. So one also knows shiny shama the machbitva. You can't learn from Shammai because he's exceedingly strict in this opinion. Now you wanted to make Shammai and the Rabbanon as close, but we say no, no. Shammai is an outlier in how strict he is. If we can't say, well, the Shammai is so strict, therefore the rabbis must also go stricter. No, we can't really learn from Shammai. Says oh, so then we can answer the question basically the other way around. Oh, you're telling me we can't learn from Shammai because he's so strict? Therefore, we're going to say that the Rabbonon are actually lenient, more lenient. So he says, This reason for Shammai is because he's so strict. Well, then maybe the Rabbonon holds even if only when there's half a cover of Atzomos. Either on the other extreme, they're lenient, like we assume. So Moran says, No, deal my ad can look like Rabbonon allowed the Shammai elabe etemechot. Maybe the Rabbonon only argue on Shammai regarding. One bone. But maybe regarding a quarter cover of bones, transmitting tumors or making a nozer after shave, the rabbis agree. I, we don't know how far apart the two opinions are. Interesting enough, we do have a policy, I don't know if it's a policy, a principle, that very often when you have a machlokes, you try tie them to, you try make the machlokes as little as possible. Trying to think of an example offhand of another example, I can't. But here, if you think about it, 
Shammai are on the one extreme saying even one bone from the skull of the spine transmit tumus ahel. On the other extreme, well, how far away from that opinion are the rabbis when they say a spine and a skull? And then we want to translate that into how strict are they regarding what would make a nozir have to shave. Our assumption at first was let's try to keep them as close together, okay, which is what we would normally try to limit the machlokes, not make the machlokes. Um, I'm, I'm struggling. I can think in my mind that there are, but I just can't pinpoint the examples where we find this. We actually say we learn the machlokes a specific way to narrow the gap between the two. It's, so, so if Shama is on the one extreme. We would move the Rabbonin as close to that as possible. Oh, even a rover cub would make a nozzle shape. He's strict, so let's make the Rabbonin as strict as possible so that there's a minimum between them. And then we come along and we say, no, we can't, because if you look, Shammai is exceedingly strict, he's an outlier. So the Rabbonin could then fall, and then we, this is how we come out, anywhere along the, the spectrum. We actually don't know where they fit in. We can't cost, contrast them to Shammai because he's exceedingly strict. So maybe they are stricter with, with the bones of the skull and the spine, or maybe they're not so strict. We just don't know. So that's the... We can't work it out from that case. So we try again. Um, yeah, so now this seems to be a new point. Since we've left that discussion, we haven't worked out whether the skull and the spine are stricter. So it's Omar Rebelezer. Rebelezer says, yeah, This is almost going back to the basics. Omar Rebelezer. The early sage, regarding the early, early sages, some said it's a half a cup of bones and a half a lug of dam for all alochas of tumah. I to transmit tumah through ahel, to make a nazir tomei. To all these halachas of tumah only kick in when there is half a kav or half a revised dam. Now that's arguing on our Mishnah and the Mishnah in Ahalos, because remember our Mishnah made a distinction between half a kav, between transmitting tumah and making a nazir reshave. This one says no, for all halachas you got after half a kav. The and some of them said, No, the measurement is a quarter cuff for everything. I to transmit tumor, to make a nozzle, have to reshave, etc. The halach is always a quarter cuff. So neither of these early sages fit in with, neither of these early sages fit in with uh, our Mishnah. Just important to note, because again, our Mishnah made an interesting distinction. We're going to bring it up now, but our Mishnah made an interesting distinction. Well, sorry, let's go back to the early sages. The one opinion of the early sages is how much blood or bones has to be there to transmit tumor through oil and make a nozitome. The one opinion is half a cup, and the other opinion is a quarter of a cup. Now, let's see our Mishnah. It says, based in Shalachrayim, a later based in Omru, they said, Chatsi Kavatsomos, but Chatsi Lugdamla Kol. Half a cup of bones and half a log of dam for all alochas. Roivat samas v'riyas dam l'truma v'kodshim. 
and it has to be a quarter of atzamos and a revius dam for truma and kodshim. But not for a nazir and someone going to offer their pesach. If someone becomes tome from a chatzikav, that's when he's properly. Let's use the word properly tome. But if it's for and he won't be allowed to eat truma and he won't be allowed to eat kodshim. However, if it's only a quarter of a calf, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, quarter calf thing, but for to make someone a nausea that he has to restart, or to ban him from eating his korban pesach, he has to become tome from a full chatzik calf. So this is our Mishnah. It's said in a confusing way because it breaks it up into three parts when it wouldn't, but that's basically the same opinion as our Mishnah, that... For normal halachas of Tumah, it's a roiva kav of both. For the nazir, and we're adding in for the for someone to be forbidden to for the korban pesach, it has to be a full chazi kav. So that's the al mishnah. So we have these three opinions. One, the two early opinions are everything goes by a quarter kav or everything goes by a half a kav, and then we have our mishnah which splits amongst the two. So the Moshe says, oh, says, wait, but you can't use a third opinion as a compromise. The one way of learning this is that our, our Mishnah seems to be a compromise between the two. It's saying sometimes we'll go after the quarter cup and sometimes we'll go after a half a cup. And, but the problem with saying that is you can't make up a third opinion. You can't just say, let's compromise. Oh, you said half a cup, you said quarter cup. Okay, in some situations we'll say half a cup, in some situations quarter cup. No. If the halacha is that, the one, if the one opinion determines that tum is only transmitted at half a cup, well then anything less than that, a person would not be tumma. And if the one opinion is a quarter cup, well then anything more than a quarter cup or more would make him tumma. How can the third opinion come along and say, we'll pick one halacha, one halacha? That's not a valid way of psak. So that's where um, so that's a bit difficult. So Omar Rabbi Yaakov Baridi Mipish Mua Omru. No, they have a tradition. Mipi Chagai Zachario Malachi from Chagai Zachario Malachi. I the great say the great prophets at the end of the era of prophecy. Chagai Melachi and Zacharia, Chagai Zacharia and Melachi. We have a tradition from them. Uh, what are we saying? He's saying this distinction, this that we can make a distinction between a chatzik kav and a rover kav, depending on the discussion at hand. Uh, if it's to make someone tome that they can't eat kodshim and trum, etc., that's a rover kav, they become tome But if it's to make them a nausea that they have to restart, or someone who can't eat their korban pesach, well then, you go after a chatzik kav. That's not a compromise between the two opinions. That's a tradition we have from Chagai, Melochi, and Zechariah. Now, there's an interesting question. How does a tradition from Chagai, Melochi, and Zechariah help? To learn out halacha, you can't learn it out from Nevi'im. It's an amazing, amazing thing. I'll just put it, I'll highlight it in some midrashim at the time, at the end of Moshe. Moshe, when Moshe was, knew he was going to die, so he calls Yeshua over, the next leader of the Jewish people. He says, is there anything... I'm embellishing a little bit. It says, is there anything I can uh, clarify for you before I die? Like, you know, you're going to be on your own. What, what can I help you? So what did he say? No, Moshe, 
I've served you. I haven't left the base medrash. I've served you loyally for the last uh, 40 years, 40 plus years. Nothing. Uh, don't worry. I've got it. I've got it covered. Moshe does, and they start asking you sure questions, and they realize they've forgotten about 3,000 halachas. I don't remember if it was 300 or 3,000. Either way, it means a lot. They, for, they, they didn't know the answers and they'd forgotten many, many halachas. So they turn to Yeshua and they say, Well, Yeshua, you're the new leader and the Navi. Go ask Hashem. Yeshua turns to Hashem and says, Hashem, can you help me with these halachas? Hashem says, The famous line we see in the argument between Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Shemaimi, the Torah is not in heaven. I can't help. You're not allowed to determine halacha through Navua. You're not allowed to. So that, and at that point, Bnei Yisrael wanted to kill Yahushua. They wanted to kill Yahushua. Luckily, then Hashem said, okay, <laughs> this is how the commentary is saying. He says, you know what, let's go to war. Let's go conquer Eretz Yisrael. No, 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 way of, no way like distracting the masses by taking them and getting them involved in a war. So that's what he, that's what he did. He went to conquer Eretz Yisrael. And luckily, Osniel ben Klaus redarshan. But that's a, that's a very important point to be aware a Novi can't tell you what the halacha is. Who can tell you what a halacha is? The Chachomim. They sit down and they work out through the droshas, through analyzing the sugyas, and they come out with the halacha is based on their understanding and their wisdom. But you can't. So, how does a tradition from Chagai Malachi and Zechariah help? And we see this. Um, we see this very clearly, as I said in the story of Rebelez and Rebbe Yeshua. Remember, Rebelez said the certain tunnel, the tunnel Shalachnai that was broken, said away is Tohar, and the Chachomim said it's Tome, and they argued until Rebelez says, you know, what, if I'm, cor- I'm correct, and I'll prove it by watching, look, that tree will jump if I'm correct, and the tree jumped, and the river will flow backwards. And, you know, they had the whole argument until finally he said, if I'm correct, the Basko will come out and verify the halacha. And a heavenly voice came down and said, the halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer. But why are you arguing with uh, dear Rabbi Eliezer? So what? So Rabbi Yehuda stood up, Rabbi Yeshua stood up, and he said, the Torah is not in the heavens. Oh, you can't use Navua, Baskol, etc. to determine, our, to tell us the halacha. So how does it help? So I think the answer is, that we're not saying they told us the halacha. They're not telling us the halacha based on their nevuah. When we say it's a tradition from Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, we're not, yeah, we're not saying that they, they use nevuah to paskin. We're saying that that's a, it's a valid third opinion. This third opinion we brought is not a compromise between the two, and then it's mixing and matching uh, opinions, which you can't do. It's a valid third opinion. And it actually has a very old, prestigious decision going back to Haggai, that we know goes back at least to Haggai, Zachary, or Malachi. And that makes sense now why Rebbe Paskin like that in, the Mishnah, in our Mishnah and the Mishnah in Ahalos. So that's just an interesting point. Again, what does it help to have a tradition from Haggai, Zachary, Malachi? Okay, let's go on to the next point. Al-Elun Nazir Megalech. If you notice, the Mishnah was quite... The, the Mishnah that we had, this was on that... Mem test. This is what we've been going on. It's discussing when a nazir becomes tamei, and it starts off its list with elu tumos hanazir megalech. On the following tumos a nazir shaved. It seems to be quite specific to the list mentioned in the Mishnah. And then again, just while we're here, um, it says it again towards the end of the Mishnah. Al elu hanazir megalech. On the following is what makes the nazir. Um, shave. 
Now, why, when it, if it gives us a whole list and it adds in this limitation, these are what the Nazi shaves for, what would you expect him to shave for that is not? So that's what it says. Al-Elu Duresha. The first Al-Elu, I, on these, the Nazi shaves, sounds like it's saying, but not something else. Limuta Etsem Tsaira which is coming to exclude a bone the size of a barley corn, that only if the Nazir touches it does he become Tome, but not if he's through Ohel. So if a Nazir, someone walks into a room where there's a bone the size of a, of a Sa'ura, barley, he doesn't become Tome unless he touches it. Again, unlike a, the size of a mace or a views dam, etc., just walking into the room with it, Oh hell would make him tomate, that's it. And then Baal Elu the Sefer, what's that on these in the Sefer coming to exclude? Mimutai Evan has Sefuchis to exclude a protruding stone. This is actually the next Mishnah, which we're going to see now that you kind of have to learn the Mishnah we just did on Daf Nuntes, but the Mishnah on tomorrow's Daf as one long Mishnah. But there it's discussing a, a, if you have a wall with lots of protrusions. And we know under one of them is a mace. So there's an ohel under one of those stones, which means if you just walk under one of those stones, even if you're not of the mace, you're going to be Tome. And the Nazi is not sure which one he walked over. That's the Evans of Sufis. He does not become Tome. And he does not have to restart. Well, he becomes Tome Misofek. He doesn't have to restart his Naziris. Okay, now we move on to the next line in the Mishnah. The Chatsi covered Somers and a quarter cover of bones. So now just to tie this into the next Mishnah is our Mishnah says on a quarter cuff of bones a nausea becomes oh, sorry, not a quarter cuff, a half a cuff of bones the nausea becomes Tommy and he has to shave. Um, now, but not on a quarter cuff. The next Mishnah then comes along and says but on a ohel of a rover cuff the Nazi does not become Tomei. Why do we need both? We just said in our Mishnah that he only shaves if there's a half a cup. So why in the next Mishnah, again, which as I said, they tied together, does it come along and say he does not shave if there's only a quarter cup? So that's what we're going to say. So in We can medaik from our Mishnah that only on half a cup of bones would the Nazi have to shave. But if it's a quarter cup of bones, he would not have to. So, Hechidami, what's the case? Why does the next Mishnah have to come along and teach that the Nazir does not shave for a quarter cup of bones? We already know that. So he says, says, maybe it's because in that quarter cup, they're bones with fragments the size of a barley. He says, Well, then we already know to exclude that from Tumas Ahel or to include it with Tumas Maga touching or carrying from uh, from the phrase etzim, a bone the size of a, of a soira. So, no, he's going on finely ground flour. I, um, sorry, not finely ground flour, bones ground up like flour. What he's saying that if you have bones ground up like fa- flour, if there is a chatsi kav, it will matame through ohel. If there is not a chatsi kav, there's just a rovah kav, it won't matame through ohel, but it will matame through mago masa. So it comes out as follows, just regarding the measurements that we've discussed. If there's a chatsi kav, 
I, this larger measurement of ground up bones. We're not discussing whole bones because then you fall into the discussion of is it a majority of the skeleton, is it a majority of the bones, etc. But if you have a chazi cuff of fragments of bones, then the nausea restarts in the zeros, even if he only becomes Tomei through Ahel. So even if he just steps over them, or even if he's in the same room as them, etc. If there is fragments the, the size of a Saora, the size of a barley corn, if he touches or moves them, then he becomes Tomei. If he's just in the same room as them, or steps over them, or under them, he does not become Tomei. And then the third measure is if they're only tiny fragments, as basically these bones are very ground up, then he, the nausea only becomes Tomei if there's a quarter tuff and he touches or, or carries them. He doesn't become Tomei through oil, and he doesn't become Tomei if he touches them if they're less than a quarter cup. Okay, next point. This is what we were discussing the other day, and it totally slipped my mind. The Mishnah said it very explicitly. is the same tumor as the It's the Mishnah we had just done. I just slipped my mind when we were discussing it. Um, now, what does it mean, Enough flesh that if that limb was still attached to a live person, the flesh would regenerate. That's, that's the minimum amount of flesh that has to be on this limb for it to be considered a limb that transmits tumor. So what's the halacha if there is not uh, enough flesh for it to regenerate? Granted, the nausea won't Matame won't become Tomei, sorry, granted the Nazi won't have to shave, but will it still transmit too much oil? So Rabbi Yochanan says, Aina Nazi Megalea. Sorry, sorry, the question is, our mission is clear regarding Ohel. I say, if you have this limb, which does not have enough flesh on it that it would regenerate, Bosukuroi, then it doesn't transmit through Ohel. The question the Gemara wants to know now is if the Nazir touches it, does he now have to shave? So there says, Rabbi Yochanan Rabbar, Aida Nazir Megalea Chaleim? Meishwaki Shomar, Nazir Megalea Chaleim? Rabbi Yochanan says, no, if he touches it, he does not have to restart in the zeros. And Meishwaki says he does. Rabbi Yochanan Rabbar, Aida Nazir Megalea Chaleim? Toho Katani Beresha Al Eivir Mina Meisma Al Eivir Mina Chai Vachulu? He says, Sheyesh Aleihem. Bosor Koroi, changing the Gusa's line. Rabbi Yochanan says in the first part of the Mishnah, it says very clearly that the Nazir does not have to shave if he touches this limb unless there's the required amount of flesh. Bosor Koroi. Aval Einalayem, if there's not that much flesh, no, he would not have to shave. And the Rosh adds that if by touching them he would have to shave, well then when it listed a bonus, a bone fragment the size of a barley coin, if he touches it, he has to shave. It should also list an mace, which does not have the right amount of flesh on it. So, Rabbi Yochanan's medayek from the ratio that a nausea does not have to shave. The Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, I mean Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish says, he does shave, because it does not teach in the Sefer, sorry, midaloi in the Sefer, which is teaching the cases where the Nazir does not have to shave, 
it doesn't mention this which does not have enough flesh. Implying that those are the things he doesn't have to shave for, but if he touches a limb not that doesn't have enough flesh, he does have to shave. So very interesting. We obviously gotta to have to get to the root, and that's what the Gemara is coming up. Um, well, um, yeah, th- th- we're obviously going to have to get more to this picture because the ratio you can be Madai one way that he does not have to shave if he touches this sort of Ava bin Aham in a maze. And in the Sefer, it implies that he does have to shave. And Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lokish each learn one from the ratio and one from the Sefer. So, how does that work? So, Rabbi Yochanan says, No. The reason it's not in the Sefer is because any time you could work it out from the general principle, it doesn't repeat it in the second half of the Mishnah, in tomorrow's Mishnah. But wait, we taught in the Mishnah as a general rule that a Chatsi cup of bones only on a chatzi cover bones will the nozir have to shave, but if it's less than a if it's only a quarter cover bones, the nozir won't have to shave. And then in the safer, um, now you would expect, as we just learned at the top of this amud, that if a nozir touches a quarter cup, he does have to shave. But that's not taught in the Mishnah. So we see even something that you could you would learn out as a principle does not get taught in the safer. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm saying it totally wrong. Let me just read it slowly again. It says, "Vahok chatzik kavatzomos, the mashma chatzik kavatzomos in roiva atzomos law." Ah, our Mishnah, the first, the first part of the Mishnah, says that a nozir has to shave on half a cup of bones, implying that if it's less than half a cup of bones, I roiva cup of atzomos, he does not have to shave. Uktani besefer, and then it says in the sefer. Rovat almost a quarter cup of bone. Okay, what's Rabbi Yochanan's principle? If I could work it out from the ratio, it's not going to teach it in the safer. But here, I could work out that a nozi doesn't shave for a rover cup of bone, and it still teaches it in the safer. So the Gemarans no hasami lav rover at somas have amina afilu al magav al masa lo. I says no, because if not for the fact that the sefer taught rova hakav of bones, I would have thought that even if he touches or moves a rova cup of bones, he does not have to restart. So therefore, it teaches rova hakav of bones in the in the sefer. To tell us that he doesn't become, he doesn't have to restart from the ohel of rovakav, but he does have to restart if he touches them. So that's why again, regarding ohel, you're right. It doesn't have to teach him in the sefer, but it's brought in the sefer to teach us the halacha that if he touches them, he would have to restart. But again, our Mishnah says he only becomes Tommy that he has to restart his Nazirus if he's in a room with a half a cup of, half a revise of half a log of blood. 
implying that a quarter of use of blood, he does not have to restart his zeros. So then why so we could so why does the second why does the safe of the Brysa come and teach that? If it's a quarter cove, he does not have to restart his zeros. I already know. Mishnah, sorry, Mishnah. It's it's the Mishnah on forty nine and the Mishnah on Nun Dalit. It's really like one it's the Gomorrah sometimes splits up Mishnah. It, very often a Mishnah, one parak is basically one long Mishnah. Sometimes it's broken up logically into the Mishnahs. But here it's really like one uh, unit, the previous Mishnah and this coming Mishnah. So that's why we refer to it as the Reisha is the first Mishnah, the one on Dav Nun uh, Memtes, and the Seifa is this one on Nun Dalet. Um, but again... Rav, Rabbi Yochanan came along and said, what was Rabbi Yochanan, just to tie this all together, Rabbi Yochanan came along and said that we learn from the Reisha that if there's not enough flesh on the bone, it does not transmit tumor that will make the nozzle have to reshave. Okay, and even if he touches it, based on the deduction from the Reisha, the Reisha should have taught that he has to shave for touching it. And it doesn't? So it must be done. It says, oh, but in a safer... It doesn't teach it in the list of things that don't re- that do require the nozzle to shave. That, sorry, that don't require the nozzle to shave. So you can medite the other way. You can make the deduction the other way. So he says no. Rabbi Yonan says whenever there's the general, you could work out the general principle from the ratio. It's not going to come along and teach it in the safer. We're questioning that. We're showing things that you could learn out from the general rule in the ratio, and it still bothers to teach them in the safer. The one we're on is a half a look of blood. The ratio says that half a look of blood would make the nozzle have to shave. Implies that, implies that a quarter cup of blood, the nozzle would not have to shave. In the safer, so according to Rabbi Yochran's rule that if it's, you could work out the principle from the ratio, it shouldn't teach it in the safer. Why does the safer add a, a, a reverse a quarter look of blood that you don't a nozzle wouldn't shave. Then on Ezra says, No, Hassan Lafu came in Rabbi Akiva. There's still a reason why the safety have to teach it, and that's to exclude from Rabbi Akiva. It seems you have to change the gifts a little bit here to Omar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi is dumb, Nozi Megaleacholov. Rabbi Akiva says, Even if it's just a quarter, a reverse, a quarter log of dumb, the nozzle would have to shave. Okay, but so Rabbi Yochanan stands. Rabbi Yochanan, we've said, makes sense. And now the Gemara says, the Gemara is going to go and show from prices, show from how they learn the Psukim, where we get this principle from. Now, I'll start it. It goes, the Sugi really goes on to halfway into Shabbos's daf. So I'll leave, uh, I'll leave that for Mark to teach. <laughs> um, but interesting enough, this is just a fascinating point I saw. The, it brings the Bryser regarding where we learn the laws of Ohel from. And then it brings a brisa where we learn the laws of touching a maze from. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and actually all that's relevant for our discussion is where it touches. But as we know, this, this is something why I liked it, is because it's something I thought of. Whenever the Gomorrah has the opportunity, it brings up discussions of Taharos. Tum and Tahara. Why? Because there's no Gomorrah on it. 
So even though we don't need the first half of the price, or the first might even be a separate price, I'm not sure. The first half of the price to do with our hell, and we just need the price to do a moga, touching a corpse, we bring both. Because the Gomorrah takes the opportunity to bring in halachas of Tum and Tara, because there's no Gomorrah on if you go... Um, is, yeah, if you go look at the end of uh, the, the sixth uh, section of Shas, there's no uh, Gomorrah on it. It would be the same thing with Zroin. All the halakhas to do with the land of Eretz Yisrael, Trumas and Masras and the Shemitah and all those, there's no Gomorrah on it. So the Gomorrah is going to take the opportunity when they arise to bring as much in as possible. Let's just do this price quickly. Um, it says, What's the scenario of this Avermina of this limb from the corpse? If there's a bone the size of a barley corn, what's the reason of Rebiochan? As soon as there's a bone the size of a barley, if he touches it, he becomes Tomei. We know he's not Tomei through Ohel unless there's enough flesh. So we're discussing a little limb that doesn't have that much flesh that it would regenerate. But what's the scenario? So they, their question is, as we pointed out, on where you touch it. So contrary to and if there's a bone in the size of a barley, well, obviously he should be Tomei if he touches it. We eat the lace by Etzim, because If we're discussing a limb that doesn't have the size of a barley, why would Reish Lokish hold his Tomei? So Amalachot Reish Lokish, the oil of the lace by Etzim Kasoi. Reish Lokish says it's where there is not a bone the size of a barley. And, and nevertheless, the Torah still includes it. Now, as I said, the Torah only includes it. The Torah only includes it in the next price. So we're only going to learn it from the pasuk. Because the next price, today we're doing the the first half of the b'risa that's not relevant to this halacha, but it's relevant to the tumas of oil. This is the source. It says, call asher yiga, etc. Anything that touches something that's on the, the, this corpse, on the, the slain corpse, on that's in the face of the, on the field, or with the sword, or with the mace, etc. So now we're going to take each phrase and learn a halacha to do with tumas ahel. So al this is someone who forms a tent over the mace. If you just step over a mace, we know the tumor goes up and you become tome. Bechalal. What does a slain corpse refer to? That's he becomes tome tome through ohel if he just comes in the same room as Eva Minachai, which has enough skin on it to regenerate. Cherev, that's teaching us an important aloha, that a sword is like the corpse. We know this is a very interesting aloha, that if a me- we generally say it's metal, some extent of it, we just say, if metal, like a sword, touches the corpse, it becomes tome like the corpse. Aye, that it's aviavosatuba. If a person then touches that, that sword, he becomes an ark. I'm trying to think. There is an opinion. And it's a little bit of a discussion how far this goes. But there is an opinion. It, it, it would turn out... A, if Is that only if the sword touches the corpse or even if it's in the ohel of the corpse? Aye, but let's say I take the sword that's touched the corpse, it's killed the person and the person died on the spot while the sword was still touching it. That sword 
now left in the room transmits tumor to everything in the room. Like a mace itself, that would be left in the room. Okay? So that's what he said. He said, take it out of him before he dies. Because it's only transmits tumor when he dies. Right. Yeah, so that's the din of Cherev Harezek Chalal. The sword is like the corpse itself. It says, Obamais. Then the apostle continues and it says, Oramais. It says, This is a severed limb from the corpse, from the slain mace. Or the bone of a person. Again, that's another phrase in the positive. That's telling us that even just a quarter cover of bones transmits tumor. Oibakerev. Oh, sorry, or a grave, a grave also transmits tumor. That's referring to a kever sosum, a closed grave. I'll explain that soon. The tumor in a sealed grave just pushes up and pushes down. And that's the first half of the price of Gabe Ohel. I'm going to leave just because of time. I'm going to leave the set. I'll explain this last point, and then I'm going to leave the second half of the brisa, which is actually the important point for our discussion. Because remember, Rach Lokish wanted to say a novel point. If you have a Ava Minachai, or from a an Ava from a Mesorachai, that does not have enough skin to regenerate, and it does not have a bone the size of a barley, if a person touches it, he still becomes Tomei. That's the Kiddush that we bring in from the next half of the price, which will be left for tomorrow. What's this Kever Sosum? So this is a, brings in another interesting topic with Tumah. We know that, how does Ahel work? So there's, there's three primary ways, there's three, only, I can only think of three ways that oil. One is if there's a mace or one of the parts of a mace that transmit Tumah through oil above and you walk under it. Okay, so it discusses, for example, quite a gruesome case, but if a bird or something takes a kazai's bin mace and leaves it in its nest in a tree and you walk under that, you become Tomei. The second way is if you go over the mace. That creates interesting halachas for kohanim traveling in airplanes. You fly over a cemetery, fly, you go over a mace, you also become Tomei. And then the third ohel, this is the context of ohel that we often discuss, that we generally discuss, is if it's under the same covering. So if there's a mace in this room, anywhere under the same roof would become tomei. A person who enters that room would become tomei. And that's a, you know, a tree over a grave, and then you go under that tree, you run into trouble. Um, hospital problematic for a kohen because if it's a hospital, a, a mace in the same room, or probably even in the same passageway that the rooms come off, many scenarios for the tumor to spread from room to room if it's under the same roof and there's openings between the rooms. So that's tumor's ahel in the same room. Now, there's an interesting lot. If there's an ahel above the mace, aye, there's a gap of a tefah between the mace and the roof, the tumor doesn't go above it. So if, let's cast for Shalom, there's a mace in this shul, in this room that we're in now, and you're on the roof, you don't become Tomei. The roof, the ohel, stops the tumor going up. There's another aloch, it's tumor rutsutsa, a pressed, squashed tumor, and that is if there's less than a tefach between the mace and the ohel. So often what would maybe be the case with a coffin, 
But that doesn't act as an ohel because it's too close to the mace. The tumor goes up from the mace as if there's no ohel. Just goes straight up. There's an interesting halacha with the kever, with the actual grave that is more like a tube. You have the corpse in this grave and there's a space above it and around it of more than a tefach. The tumor, again, this is a din with the grave, not with the roof. The tumor pulls out the grave, the kever, the tomb, and it goes up from all aspects of the kever. I is if the, it says if the corpse fills the kever. So what, what's the difference, just to highlight the difference between tumor and tzutza, when there's no gap above the corpse, and this case of the kever where the tumor fills the kever, is if you go over the kever, uh, over the case of tumor and tzutza, then only if you over the mace do you become tumma. But with this tumas kever, even if you just go over part of the grave, the kever, but not over the actual mace, you still become tome. The tumor fills the kever as if the corpse fills the kever and goes up, not just from where the corpse is, but even wherever the grave reaches. And similarly, if you would touch that kever, it also become tome. It's not considered an oil around the mace that the outside is not tome. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today. Have a very good Shabbos.